I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Hi, I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be focusing on body language in your presentations. Now, when you're delivering a speech, quite often people focus solely on the words, but according to the bodylanguageexpert.co.uk, communication is actually broken down into three core elements. Part one being the words, which is the literal meaning of it, but they account for just 7% of the overall message. Your tone of voice accounts for 38% of that message, but a huge part, in fact, 55% of the overall message is conveyed through your body language. So the effectiveness of your delivery, the effectiveness of your speech and your connection, it relies largely on the audience interpretation of a combination of all of those different things. So we've focused on previous episodes in using the right words, in how to build rapport and connection, but body language is the focus for this episode. Never underestimate the importance of body language within any speech or presentation, whether that is delivering kind of in in a large group environment or even just speaking one-on-one with your family members or your peers. The important thing to remember is that congruence is key. You cannot be two emotions at once. So for example, when you meet someone for the first time and you say, oh, it's lovely to meet you, but your face says otherwise. I don't know if you've ever heard of someone saying something like, oh, I'm really excited. And you just think, yeah, you might want to tell your face that. You know, where the face looks quite the opposite. They're not really conveying the message. Congruence is absolutely key. It's really important to remember that your body language can be conveyed in both a, a positive and a negative way. So, for example, if you're feeling nervous, you know, if you're telling your audience verbally that you're really excited, you're really looking forward to this presentation, but deep down you're actually feeling really nervous, you know, your body language might actually disagree with the words that you're saying. Now, if that's the case, you've got two options, in my opinion, at this point. You've got one, option one, you either learn to improve your poker face and practice, you know, your happy facial expressions, even though you're feeling nervous deep down, or two, you focus on the element of service, working through those nerves, because a little bit of nerves and excitement actually works in your favour. It's a good thing to show that you care, that you want to give your audience the, the best experience, but too much of those nerves can stop you creating the connection and the emotion with your audience. Now, I've conveyed in every previous episode my focus and the the importance I place on on practicing your speeches and your presentations, and this really hits a home for me. So rather than trying to focus on, you know, perfecting your poker face and conveying to people one thing when you're actually feeling another, practice makes you more acceptable. Practice makes you more congruent. Practice makes you actually feel the things that you're saying. Now, on the flip side, when you've got true congruence, you know, your facial expression conveys exactly the feelings. It can really, really help you create an awesome connection with your audience. Now, I personally have a face that shows absolutely every emotion. There is no possibility of me hiding what I'm thinking. My husband tells me this all of the time. Facial expressions are not the only part of your body language to be mindful of. So focusing on facial expressions initially I don't know if you've ever tried to kind of stand in a mirror. And if you haven't, do this as an action point, standing in a mirror and looking at the mirror and saying a particular phrase. So let's use the example of, I'm very happy. Now, tonality, I mentioned earlier on, accounts for 38% of your speech. Now, you obviously can't see my facial expressions over a podcast, but if I say to you, I'm really happy, I'm so excited. 
the words are telling you that I'm happy and excited, but the tonality and the facial expression, so I had kind of a sullen face when I said that, it doesn't convey the message in the right way. Whereas if, as I genuinely am really happy to be sharing this with you and I say, I'm so excited, I'm really happy, you'll be able to hear a difference in that tonality and the message will be conveyed in a completely different way. And one of the key things is, and you can't see it, but I'm definitely doing it, is that I'm smiling when I say it. Your facial expressions are absolutely key, so work on them. One way that you can do it is literally standing in the mirror and practicing phrases and making sure that your words and your facial expressions are congruent and they match, whether that's that you're saying, I'm really sad, I'm really unhappy. Your face and your tone saying it. Or whether you're saying, I'm really excited, I'm really enthusiastic. Your smile, your facial expression, your tone conveying that message. So do a little bit of practice on it. I'm going to set you a little task towards the end of this podcast. Um, But really try and practice your facial expressions. You cannot be too moods at once. You cannot be too emotions at once. And you will convey a certain message, whether it's the intended one or not. So rather than working on your poker face, working, practicing, feeling exactly what you're saying. But as I say, facial expressions, they're not the only part of your body language to be mindful of. Eye contact plays a huge part. So if we stick with the analogy I used earlier on as nerves being the potential issue, you'll often find that when people are nervous, they really struggle to maintain eye contact, particularly with the audience members on a kind of group environment. But eye contact can have an absolutely huge impact on how well you connect with your audience. And not only that, but the rapport that you build. So it's definitely worth working on. In fact, this was in one of the first exercises when I was learning my uh, public speaking skills. One of the first exercises that we were asked to undertake was an eye contact exercise. No words, no tonality, no focus on what you're saying in speech. Just literally looking into the eyes of each of your audience members. To say it was painful would be a massive understatement, but it's the only way to get better at it. And actually, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Now, this isn't a case of saying when you're delivering your speeches, you literally look at each individual audience member in turn, from left to right, eye contact, eye contact, eye contact. It's about having kind of really relaxed eye contact with your audience members, taking into consideration your whole audience you know, left through to right, the front through to the back and using it sporadically to connect with your audience members. Um, statistically, it's it's supposed to be seven seconds is the kind of the key time that you should make eye contact with somebody. I don't know if you've ever tried that where you've been making eye contact with somebody and it becomes a bit of a, sp- a staring contest. You're looking at them, they're looking at you and it's about who looks away first. <laughs> it's not about making your audience uncomfortable. But I don't know if you've ever been the person sat in the audience I've definitely experienced this. We sat in the audience of some sort of speech or delivery and the speaker on stage just catches your eye. And while they're talking, their tonality, their body language, their facial expressions, but most importantly, their eye contact, looking directly at you. It's like they're talking specifically to you. It's like the, the rest of the audience just melts away and they are talking specifically to you. And that connection, that kind of click moment where you just, you, you get that connection, you get that rapport. Good eye contact is so powerful. Whether that's one-on-one when you're talking to somebody, you know, you're having a conversation, you're making eye contact with them, it creates the engagement. But also in your group speeches and your presentations, it builds rapport. It helps to determine whether your audience are actually 
understanding your point. It helps you to to build that credibility and authenticity. So eye contact, if it's not your forte, then it's definitely worth working on. Now you can do this with people in a practice environment and we do this at our expert speaker training days and we do some eye contact focus, particularly in our five-day training expert speaker revolution. Um, we really focus on eye contact because it can be the, it can make or break your speech. So I recently had I held a conversation with someone who is a friend of mine and I know they're not the most confident person. Now we're friends, you know, it should be easy for us to talk. But this particular person, he, he just struggles to make eye contact. And to me, that conveys he's nervous, he's not very confident. Now, I know this person, I know he's really genuine, I know he's really caring. But if you didn't know that, and he's delivering a speech or a presentation to you, or he's just talking to you one-on-one at a networking event, you may construe what he's trying to say in a completely different way. You might think he's, he's not making eye contact. Definitely something a little bit shifty about him. He's not really looking at me when he's talking to me. That's actually quite rude. And all of these different thought processes go on in your head really, really quickly. So if eye contact isn't your specialism, isn't your forte, is something you, you personally you struggle with, now that might be a confidence issue or it might just be because it's something that you've never really practiced or, you know, you're too busy looking at your phone or you're too busy, you know, darting around elsewhere because you're a nosy person. Your eyes are looking everywhere else instead of focusing. It's another action point for you to focus on. Making eye contact. It's harder to do in the mirror example as we did earlier on with your facial expressions. But when you're talking to people, just really connecting with people trying to focus on them for a minimum of seven seconds or just to the point where it gets a little bit uncomfortable and one of you is going to look away. Really connect, connecting with people, really focusing on eye contact. And if you use this in your examples when you record your speeches, whether it's a practice or a live example, ask for feedback from the people who are in your audience in the live examples just to see if they've got that connection. So we focused on facial expressions. We've had a little look at eye contact. But what about your movement? What about your hands? Your hands can literally paint a picture, whether that is literally or figuratively in your speech. Hand movement or your hand gestures can really, really add to your speech by reinforcing the message that you're trying to convey and emphasising or underlining a really important point. And now you can't see what I'm delivering while I'm recording this podcast, but while I'm saying they can really underline a point, I'm physically using hand movements to show as if I'm underlining a word. Hand movements when used in the right way can massively emphasise a focus on something that you're saying. But movement's got to be, it's got to be used to reiterate a point, to make a point, um, because too much movement without a reason can actually be quite distracting to your audience. And when I first began to learn the art of public speaking, I was definitely guilty of too much hand movement. I'd kind of manoeuvre my hands all around I'd be like, I'd look like a windmill, my hands moving in windmill directions, or I'd look like I was, you know, directing traffic. And when practicing in live environments, the feedback from my peers, my mentors, my pod buddies in those groups that we practice in, which was great feedback, by the way, and I'm very, very grateful for, but it was that my, my hand movements were quite off-putting. They were actually detracting attention away from what I was trying to say and the message that I was trying to convey. So by putting into practice that feedback, and, and ways that we did this was to kind of hold onto your ring finger or clasp your hands together when you're speaking. And if you've ever seen me deliver a, a presentation, it's still something that I work on regularly. You know, you never kind of, your, your natural movements or your natural movements. So you'll notice that when I deliver a presentation, I may hold the clicker in both hands just in front of my body, or I'll hold a pen in front of me 
And that is a conscious movement to stop me from distracting the audience from what I'm saying by moving my hands around too much. So putting into practice that feedback and moving only with purpose, it's made a massive difference to, to me and my delivery and speeches. It's so important that you either practice in front of people to get that true feedback, you know, constructive feedback, or at the very least, recording yourself, delivering your speeches and watching it back to self-critique to identify, you know, whether your hand movements are helping or whether they're actually hindering your speech. Now, if you're trying to really convey a, a certain message and you want to underline a point, and I'm doing it again, I'm physically moving my hand to underline a point, that can really help. If you're moving your hands too much, it can hinder. And one lady who is an absolute expert in this field, um, she was a, a field in the, sorry, an expert in the field of family therapy. She actually, the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programme, and categories around movement were aptly named after her. And it's a lady called Virginia Satia. Now, Satia was a, a family therapist. She's written so many books around this subject. And in the 70s, when the, the founders of NLP were kind of creating the neuro-linguistic programming, which you see so often now in the delivery of speeches from some really kind of famous and well-known people, they spent a lot of time studying Virginia Satia and her work. And that's where the Satia categories of body language came about from. And now they're really widely used in the field of public speaking. So the way to, to summarise them, I'll give you a brief overview. There are five main postures or movements which represent different emotions or um, focus that you're trying to convey. And they're widely used by many, many well-known public speakers and presenters. But you won't necessarily know them unless you've learned them. So if you do some research around it, Virginia Satir, S-A-T-I-R, you can see the, the, the movements that she focuses on. And to give you just a, a very brief overview of these Virginia Satir categories, they are five different movements which convey different emotions. So the first one being the placator, which is like an open-palmed um, stance. So maybe you stand up with your he hips, sorry, your feet hip width apart or shoulder distance apart. And open palms is known as the placator. And this can convey different emotions. It can be used in lots of different um, areas when you're speaking. So it could be kind of when you're welcoming people, when you are... Um, emphasizing a point or you're, you're being open or you're being honest or you're really kind of dramatically emphasizing a point, you can use the placator. And the placator signifies um, kind of openness and honesty and uh, the movement is, it's non, it's non-threatening, it's caring, it's connecting, it's welcoming. So one of the categories is the placator. So it's basically, it's non-assertive it's, you know, openness and honesty, but it's also saying, you know, I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. It could be that the opposite it could be that you're, you know, you're avoiding conflict, conflict completely, that you're, you're um, basically focusing on the other person and saying, I'm here to listen to you. That's the placator. And then you have the blamer. Now the blamer pretty much does what it says on the tin. It's kind of blamer, finding fault, never accepting it. It's focusing on kind of starting a revolution or being blaming somebody or something else. So it's a blamer movement. It's kind of a finger in the air pointing up or it's a finger pointing down at the floor and never ever point at your audience. That's not going to be a good way to, to connect with them. And then we have the computer. And the computer is kind of the thinker stance or the, the pensive look. So it can effectively be when you're not really trying to show an emotion or if you're trying to um, focus on, on really thinking about someone's question. So if someone asks you a really difficult question, you might kind of 
put your hand to your face, rest your hand on your chin and use that pensive, thoughtful pose, which is saying, hmm, let me give that some thought. Then we have, there's two final focuses and one being the distractor and the distractor is effectively drawing the attention to you. It's using a range of emotions. It's showing energetic movement. It might be like a foot stomp or clamping your hands together or it might be moving from one side to the other or it might be lots of distracting hand movements. And this could be using a range of different emotions. It can convey a different, you know, it can convey confusion or um, fury or anger. So it's quite a distracting movement. So when people are using lots and lots of movements on the stage, sometimes that's an intentional thing to showcase the, the emotion that they're trying to convey. And the fifth one is the leveller. Now, the leveller, in my opinion, can be used in two different ways. I think the main focus of the leveller in the satire categories is kind of a, an assertive move. So leveling or underlying a problem, under underlining a, a focus. So leveling is where your hands are kind of waist height, palms facing down, and then you move your hands out and down. So if you imagine you move your hands from kind of middle to bottom, from a triangular motion, if you like, without underlining it. So join together hand palms clasped together and then moving out. Now the leveler could be something where you're trying to say, you know, kind of, I've had enough, enough is enough. So kind of an assertive movement or a leveler could be where it's like, okay, everyone take your seats, sit down, take your seats. And each of these different movements, so I'll just recap those for you. They're the placator, the blamer, the computer, the distractor, and the leveller, those five key movements, those five key postures that were devised by Virginia Satia are used in so many different speeches. And you may actually notice that now when you see speakers or when you see presenters delivering a speech, look out for these. It's definitely worth looking into. Virginia Satia, um, really, she's done. A, she's written many books around this, um, around this field in her career. Um, so she was born in 1926, passed away in 1988. She spent a lot of time and a big part of her career focusing on communication in the most effective ways. And each of those five postures or movements represents and conveys different emotions. When used in the right format, they can massively improve your speech and really improve that connection. Because your movements are key as a speaker. If you recall back just to the very start of this podcast, I mentioned that According to the bodylanguageexpert.co.uk, 55% of your delivery, your speech and your, your um, connection is created through your body language. And motivational speaker Tony Robbins actually sums this up perfectly well. He's renowned for saying, emotion is created by motion. So if you want to convey happiness, smiling, having an open posture, you know, that placator stance creates that congruence. When you're conveying anger, maybe your face tells the story, conveys the emotion, you know, so maybe your, your fists are clenched or your teeth are gritted. By using the right movements, the right body language, your co eye contact, your facial expressions, your hand movements, it's really useful when you're telling stories or presenting or delivering your keynote speeches. Having the right body language and really focusing on your movement, your tone, your facial expressions and your poses, it can really, really help with engaging your audience connecting well with your peers or your colleagues. And overall, it just ensures that your message is heard loud and clear. So let me recap for you to summarise. Words account for around 7% of your speech, your presentation, according to the bodylanguageexpert.co.uk. Voice and your tone of voice, your tonality, accounts for around 38% of your overall message. And a huge proportion, more than half, 55%, 
is conveyed through your body language. So if you want to really connect with your audience, you need to really focus on your body language. And the main focus points I've given you are facial expressions, conveying your message in the right way. You cannot be two emotions at once. So if you're happy, conveying your happy, your facial expression, your tonality, your body language will convey that too. Conversely, if you're sad, if you're upset, if you're feeling really down, it's hard to overcome that. So work on improving your congruence in your speech, your tonality, what you're saying and the way that you're moving. So really practice. Use the example I gave earlier on. So practicing in the mirror saying, I'm really, really happy with a smile on your face, your tonality, your open language, or I'm really sad. I'm really unhappy. I've actually got my arms folded when I say this. I've got a a, a sullen face. My tonality conveys it as well. So if you imagine that you are delivering quite often your presentations in the format that I am, you know, I'm delivering this in, in verbal format only, but I'm actually still using body language to convey the message. While I'm emphasizing this point, I've got the kind of, the, you know, the OK symbol that you'll see a diver use. I'm literally underlining the points as I'm delivering. So whether you're conveying your message just verbally in a podcast format or in a webinar, or whether you're doing it in a live environment on a stage, you know, you've got the ability to move around and maneuver or whether you're just doing this one-on-one when speaking to people, really, really focus on your facial expressions. Point two, focus on that eye contact. And if you feel like you're personally, you're not very good at it, then it's something you need to focus on. If, if eye contact isn't your forte, then definitely work on it. Purposely making eye contact with people, ideally for around about seven seconds, looking deep into them. The eyes are the windows to the soul is what people say. So really making that eye contact, it can help create a better congruence. It can help to connect with your audience and it conveys your credibility and your authenticity. So eye contact is key. And your movement, particularly your hand movement or your poses, your gestures, they can really paint a picture within your presentation. So ensuring that your hand movements are used with volition and with purpose. Don't do what I did when I first started out manoeuvring around and moving too much. And when I first started speaking, I'd windmill, I'd look like I was directing oncoming traffic or, you know, traffic control, air traffic controller at a, an airport. Too much movement can be distracting. But the right level of movement with congruence and used to reiterate or to underline or make a point can create a huge, huge benefit within your speeches. So I said at the start of the presentation, at the start of the podcast, that I was going to set you a little task. And my task for you is this. I would love for you to practice a presentation or a speech, whether that's a you know 30 second elevator pitch, or whether that is a presentation that you're going to be delivering, maybe in a group environment, a 5, 10, 15 minute, even longer presentation. And I would suggest that you do a couple of different things. Step one, practice your facial expressions in the mirror conveying with congruence what you're trying to say. Step two, focusing on eye contact, ideally in live environments and live organisations where you can actually, you can connect with your audience. Because if you're making eye contact, you can actually see whether your audience get what you mean. Their facial expressions to you will also convey that congruence of, yeah, I'm getting this, this is making total sense. Or if they've got that confused look on their face where they're not quite getting what you've got to say. So focus on eye contact. And three, Practice your presentation and record it. Most people have the opportunity to record their presentations, whether that's with you know, an actual video or you know, an actual camera or even just on your, your smartphone. 
using a little tripod or a stand, which you can get from absolutely anywhere. So I've got one, which is a, a Joby, I think it's called, stand. Um, it's just a tripod stand and you can sit it on top of your laptop. You can sit it on a table or higher up and just literally record your presentation for the sole purpose of watching back your body language, making sure that you express your body language in the right way, that it's congruent with what you're saying. And if it's not, practice, 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 because that repetition, that practice is going to make your speeches land far better. So the right body language is really going to help focus on your movement, your tonality, your facial expressions. All of those combined are going to create the best message to your audience, to your peers, to your colleagues, whoever it may be, to get your message across loud and clear. So I've been Tony Gargan and this has been the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Thank you for listening in and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.